Hello and welcome to the April 13th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It's good to have everybody here with me today, and of course, I'm happy to be with you as well. So now, if you recall, quite a few episodes ago, I had uh, gone on a little bit of a rant and rave about the fact that I recorded about 15 to 20 minutes worth of material and unfortunately, I had deleted it by accident and uh, lost all that, all that material that I had wanted to present to my audience. Well, I had no intentions of starting this podcast the way I'm about to start it right now. But I have got to inform my audience about what has transpired as of today. So I woke up nice and early this morning, bright and early. I was up about 5 a.m. as I normally am. And uh, normally I come to you from my neighborhood, uh, usually a little later at night, Um, anywhere between the hours of 6 and 8 o'clock. I like to try to get into bed uh, around 8 o'clock. And while I may not have my eyes closed at 8 o'clock, I want to get in bed by 8, settle down, I've stressed many, many times that it's uh, important, especially if you have bipolar disorder, to do your best to get a good night's sleep. Well, today I woke up at 5 a.m., like I said, and I had a lot of energy, a lot of motivation. Uh, It's been quite a few days, as a matter of fact, that I've been feeling these somewhat manic symptoms, or let's, let's say hypomanic symptoms. So it resulted in a early early wakening, well, a typical wakening, but followed by a burst of energy which resulted in a podcast, a podcast that I started recording about 5.20 in the morning. I said to myself, it would be absolutely perfect by the time I'm done. If I don't talk everybody's ear off for an hour, um, I'll, I'll be done. I can hop in the shower, and before you know it, I'll be popping my medication, and everything will be perfect. My son and my wife will be waking up, and it'll just be like a normal day. So I had all that energy. Well, I was 38 minutes into my podcast, and that podcast no longer exists. (laughs) Because once again, I ended up deleting a podcast. And I got to tell you, it's it's not easy to record all of that uh, good quality material. And I want to believe that it was quality material. Uh, Again, uh, while I'm on a good stretch, so to speak, right now, it's never easy to go back and re-record something because it's just never going to be the same. And what it's allowed me to do, though, is speak a little bit more about some of the symptoms that I am experiencing. Really, it's nothing new. It's been an ongoing situation for more or less my entire life, but it's amazing how paranoia was ultimately the result of me losing that podcast. In a nutshell, what ended up happening was about 37 to 38 minutes into my podcast, a a text message came through on my phone, and it happened to be my wife. 
And I suspected that that text was coming through with her asking where I was, why I wasn't in bed. And uh, not that, you know, listen, there are times when I'm up way before them and I'm, um, I'm showering, I'm eating, I'm doing my thing and they're still sleeping. So there was no reason for me to think this. Uh, for, for some reason, I had this guilty feeling that I was doing a podcast for absolutely no reason whatsoever. So when my wife sent that text message through, I happened to be recording my podcast on my phone this morning. And I went to not close out the app, but on a Samsung Galaxy, you press the left-hand button. And what it allows you to do is bring up all your applications and you could kind of switch switch around, switch over to them. Well, I attempted to switch over to a text messaging screen, and ultimately I read the text message, and it was not even to me. It was a group thread that my wife and I had been in for our fantasy baseball chat, had absolutely nothing to do with me. So I quickly reverted back to my podcast application, and uh, it was gone. It was completely gone. All the minutes that I had previously seen that were recorded were back down to zero, <clears throat> and it was completely gone. Um, so here I am. I am at work, and I decided that it was very important that I come back into my car because I am, of course, now super-duper anxious over the fact that I recorded all this material and I cannot share it with my audience. So I refuse to go on throughout that day, uh, throughout my day, without presenting the information that I wanted to present. And while there's nothing special about what I have to say, I like to be consistent with my, with my podcast because I believe in my heart that the uh, people that do download these podcasts, the people that listen to these podcasts, whatever way you go about them, whatever application you use to listen to them, I think that you would look forward to them. I know I look forward to speaking to you, so I think it's important that I keep consistent. Uh, you're never going to lose me. Mr. Joe's going to be here for quite some time. I have absolutely no intentions of going anywhere. There are a number of bipolar podcasts that have been created in the past that unfortunately no longer exist. Uh, there are a few of us that are still remaining and standing strong, and I believe that we'll probably all be around for a while, but I could guarantee you that Mr. Joe is not going anywhere. So here I am in my car, and I've only done this twice now during my podcast career, so first and foremost, I want to apologize if you hear sirens, because there were some sirens just now in the background. That will not be throughout the podcast, uh, but I happen to work near a police station, so you will definitely hear that once in a blue moon. Anyway, today is a increase my lamictal day, and I have no intentions of going up any further than I am going up today. I will be at 200 milligrams as of today. And, I, you know, I find it actually fascinating. First and foremost, I, I um, based on my earlier podcast, I want you to understand that I am not following anything that I said this morning. It's a different part of the day. Uh, so I'm in a different mood, I guess you could say. And I have different information that I'd like to project out to my audience, ultimately ending with the same topic that I plan on ending with that I did end with this morning, which was some information on schizoaffective disorder, but we will get there. Um, and, and unfortunately, oh, I lost my train of thought for a second, but I'm back. Uh, 200 milligrams of Lamictal, and I was going to say, I find it fascinating that in the beginning of my podcast run, 
I would imagine that most of you who have listened to Mr. Joe and have gone along this journey with me don't know if you recognized in the very beginning that I was big on not telling anybody what my dosage was. I was kind of keeping it a secret. And I thought about that actually this morning. This is the one aspect that I did discuss earlier this morning. And I thought about that when I mentioned that I'd be going up to 200 milligrams today. I tried to figure out exactly why I wanted to keep it a secret. And I came up with a conclusive reasoning that several factors. One, I think I wanted to be, I wanted to brag later on down the line. I wanted to turn to my audience and say, huh, look at that. Mr. Joe can gain stability with just 25 milligrams of of Lamictal, because at the time when I had first started my medicine, I felt so incredibly good. And it was probably my chemicals kind of like making that switch, that alteration, um, put me in a little bit of mania. So I had this overwhelming feeling of self-confidence that I was going to just be able to stay on this medication. And then I could, well, first one, turn to my audience and say, look, 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 Mr. Joe was able to do it. But then number two, I would secondly turn around and say, well, look, if I did it, you can do it too. We could be on a low dosage. Well, that whole concept went out the window, obviously, and here I am every two weeks. I've slowly been climbing 25 milligrams each time until the final dosage of 200 milligrams. What has my life been like over the course of the last three days? Well... We last spoke on April 10th. We're now on April 4, 13th. So we have four days of what I would refer to as hypomania. Hypomania in the sense where I cannot stop thinking about the millions and thousands of things that I want to do and have to do. Uh, my thoughts are racing. I can't get enough. I think that this podcast has allowed me to, to some extent, this morning and today to settle down. It's almost like that therapeutic way for Mr. Joe to uh, talk it out and reach out to my audience because I don't have a a psychologist to speak with. It helps me to speak to my audience and kind of settle down and get those thoughts out of my head. But I have to be honest, while I am dictating this podcast, Without a doubt, millions of things are just rolling through my head. It's, it's, it's getting warmer out. The weather is beautiful here in Mr. Joe's neighborhood. I have not stopped thinking about the thousands of things that I have to do in preparation for the springtime and for the summer, which includes but is not limited to fertilizing and mowing lawns and taking out furniture and fixing up the patio and Doing all those things that more or less require a very set set of order, you know, an order in which you can do things. You know, you can't mow the lawn until, or you, or you can't put the, you can't put out the swing until you mow the lawn because you got to get the grass down. You can't, you can't, can't mow the lawn, or at least you can't fertilize until you mow the lawn. But yet, I want to do all these things all at once, and I just can't seem to control my thoughts and. It's um, it's certainly taken, it's reared its ugly head, I would say, in my verbalizations. And what I mean by that is I have a 
very strong desire to speak. I almost have that pressured speech type of symptom, which uh, I, I believe is is at least helping me with this podcast. But I'm starting to notice that even in speaking with my coworkers, there is a, there is a sense of pressured speech. So even in the moment now, I am trying to slow down my speech, uh, so I am more comprehended through my. Uh, I mean, comprehensible, I guess, or understood through my audience. As a matter of fact, I feel like I'm using words that I've never used before. (laughs) Uh, So that's kind of silly, and I'm going to try to veer away from that for the remainder of my podcast. So what it comes down to is you have Mr. Joe here in a very upbeat fashion, kind of that hypomanic sense of, of, of my mood, and got to be very careful because... What I just mentioned was that springtime that is setting in. And for me, or for those of you who have bipolar disorder, it's very important to recognize the change of seasons, that change of weather, because at least for me, what starts out as hypomania can very, very quickly turn right into mania for the simple reason that it is becoming nice out. For Mr. Joe, unfortunately, nice weather is equal to thoughts of standing on a beach, drinking beers, sitting in the sun, smoking marijuana, and I, excuse me, because a helicopter just flew over, and uh, no, that helicopter is not after me, (laughs) so uh, thank goodness that I've been able to uh, kind of get my paranoia in check, so to speak, and I believe the Seroquel is definitely helping with that. I've actually been able to joke around a little bit more about my paranoia, which is nice, but jumping back into the warm weather, it's something that we all have to take take careful notice of in terms of our mania, because warm weather, a lot of times, especially if you want to look at it from a clinical standpoint, just the sun alone will offer more of a increased sense of energy for us. It's, it's, it's equal to that of vitamin D, and it gives you some more vitamin D. And for some of us, just that slight vitamin D edge can sometimes tip us over into that mania-like way. So we have to be very careful. I will say this, that I, uh, other than some racing thoughts, that pressured speech, upbeat, happy mood, Uh, I'm not really experiencing anything else. Now, the only thing that is concerning to me is that I have been extremely paranoid about my wife. Extremely paranoid. Uh, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to spend a long time. Um, it's, it's, It's something that we've discussed in the past, and I know that it's asinine to even think along these lines, but... I just feel like something is not right, and I and I and I and I I believe that's because something is not right with me. And a lot of times, when we have bipolar disorder, we because something is just not sitting well with our inner self, we project that onto others. And uh, I, I don't know exactly what I've been feeling. I'll give you an example. This morning, she said, "I'm going to get in the shower," and I said to her, "I said, take as long as you need." And she said, "I'm going to take a quick one." I said, it doesn't have to be quick. Take as long as you need. Well, I don't want the baby to bother you while you're getting ready for work. I'm already ready, and he never bothers me. So instead of getting into the shower, I did not hear the water turn on. Now, eventually I heard the toilet bowl flush, so 
clearly my wife was using the bathroom, but my sick, paranoid head, what does Mr. Joe think? That my wife is sitting on a toilet bowl, and instead of going to the bathroom, she's texting another man. These are problems, everybody. These are serious problems, because, again, my wife has never been anything but faithful and wonderful to me. So when I heard the toilet bowl flush, it was like a sigh of relief that came over me. And she got in the shower, and that was that. At the same token, I have to tell you that because my wife put that text message through this morning, that aggravated me as well. Even though it was my own doing, I'm the cause of why I had my podcast deleted, I was instantly angry with my wife. And I even made a comment to my son while my wife was in the bathroom. This kind of dig, I guess you could call it where I turned around and I said something along the lines that, uh, uh, first of all, I was arguing with people in the fantasy chat for no reason whatsoever. None whatsoever. So that should have been indicative to me that things were not going to be good, or at least are not going to be good as the days progress, because I have this argumentative way about me, which again, thank goodness, is being medicated. You start to recognize these things and you kind of simmer down But really, all in all, I must have sounded like a complete jerk in this podcast, uh, sorry, this fantasy baseball text message thread. And what I started to do was I started to turn around, I turned around to my little one-year-old son, and I said, well, I said, they're all morons in this this chat room, and I said, "It's, it's just a damn shame that your mother has to be the first one to text in the morning and talk to all these morons. So that was my way, that was my little dig of saying, well, you know, if you didn't send that text message in the fantasy group text message thread, I would have never lost my podcast. And um, it was just it was just a dig, and it was mean, and it was rude, and it was obnoxious. And when I went to eat my breakfast after my wife had gotten out of the shower, she actually came over to me and she kissed me at the table which is totally just a wonderful thing for her to do. She was completely supportive, and she apologized. And she said, I know you're mad at me. I heard your comment, and I'm sorry. And it made me feel really bad. It really did. Um, Made me feel horrible. And I said, I'm not mad at you. I'm really not. I'm over it. It's done. It's over it. It's my fault. But what's amazing is that the whole time that I'm saying these things to her and trying not to be mad... I still have an attitude and I still am mad because I still have that paranoia and my mind is racing. And although I'm feeling a little bit better that she flushed the toilet and potentially went number two, (laughs) um, I'm still saying to myself, well, what if she didn't go to the bathroom? What if she didn't use the bathroom? And what if she uh, was on that toilet bowl, not really going to the bathroom and chit-chatting with somebody else? So I have a lot to work on, everybody. I certainly have a lot to work on, and which leads me to the discussion that I wanted to have. I have mentioned in the past the diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, and I am trying to come up not with a self-diagnosis, but I think it's important that we understand the difference between bipolar disorder and for those of you who are diagnosed with bipolar disorder and the potential possibility that you might have schizoaffective disorder. Uh, I don't want you to think that just because you're hallucinating or paranoid or 
possibly having delusions. I don't ever want you to think that you automatically have schizoaffective disorder. That's why I want to talk about it. And that was actually my main goal this morning. And what has prompted me to want to talk about it is the fact that over the last two weeks, I have had some some hallucinations that I don't want to call scary, but I've been taking... I've been doing some double takes, so to speak, where I've been seeing things and believe it or not, nothing that has happened in the past. I know I've talked about army soldiers and things of that nature that have been surrounding me. That is not what's been going on over the last two weeks. It's almost been like flashes of light. And believe it or not, I am seeing flashes of animals, or what I think or perceive to be animals, specifically, believe it or not, a sea lion. Uh, And I know it sounds scary, Um, and and I want to believe that these things are happening because I am in a hypomanic state of mind, which would leave us with the bipolar diagnosis, because we can have psychotic episodes when we are in either mania or depression. And with a rapid cycler, And if you recall, I was just a little depressed a few days ago and I had some psychotic symptoms, or at least I was mixed. Uh, I want to believe that there has not been real stability over the last two weeks. So it's quite possible that this is all a result of hypomania or mania setting in. With that being said, I am hallucinating and it's not a good thing. And I'm having some delusions, some delusions that we've spoken about in the past uh, you know, the, the clock, the spying on me, and, and although that has not subsided, I mentioned this earlier, I have to say it's gotten a little bit more, I've become a little more lighthearted about it. I'm starting to be able to joke around a little bit more about it, or at least think of it from this perspective. So what? So what if somebody is, is, uh, is watching me? Who cares? You know, what are they going to find out? What am I doing wrong? So while I still have those feelings, I just, it's it's become a little bit easier to manage. And and unfortunately, while I am even dictating this podcast, I'm having extreme racing thoughts to the point where I've just started to become paranoid about the fact that possibly people from my job are starting to listen to Mr. Joe and are going to be able to recognize my voice and... I don't want that ever to happen, but I can't imagine any reason as to why anybody from work would would want to listen to a bipolar pod, podcast because everybody presents at least to some degree normal. Uh, so I don't think they'll be searching around for podcasts. But these are some of the things that have been going on in my mind over the last two weeks. So I have my DSM-5 with me, and I don't want to bore you to death by reading over the DSM-5, because I've done that in the past, but I do have the schizoaffective disorder diagnosis up, and I thought it was important that we went through the diagnostic criteria in a very simplistic fashion and try to determine not what Mr. Joe might have, but what we all might have. And I'm not saying we all have schizoaffective disorder, but for those of you who might have schizoaffective disorder, this might make you feel somewhat at ease, may, uh, may, I guess you can say, um, may give you confirmation about your diagnosis. And by the way, I had to put my audience on pause there because my memory again and my, and my 
ability to retain the words that I want to say is also becoming increasingly bad. But somehow we're getting through this, guys. I don't know how, but we are. Um, so, again, maybe this will help some of you to understand where you lie. Or at least maybe to give you some... Um, make you feel good about the fact that maybe you don't have schizoaffective disorder because it's very important that this diagnostic criteria is followed so it's only four parts and I'm probably going to have to switch over to schizophrenia at some point because uh, I would imagine some of this will start to talk about schizophrenia in terms of its of its symptoms and and mainly because if, if we haven't discussed this before, schizoaffective disorder is ultimately a combination of bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. In my description, aspects of both intertwine. So A through D, starting out with A, diagnostic criteria of schizoaffective disorder is an uninterrupted period of illness during which there is a major mood episode, which would be major depressive or manic, concurrent with criteria A of schizophrenia. So there you go. Right away, we're moving over to schizophrenia. So what does that mean? It means that there is going to be completely uninterrupted, uninterrupted time in which you'll have a major mood episode. It'll either be depression or mania, but it has to happen at the same time as the following things. Delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, grossly disorganized or catatonic behavior, or negative symptoms such as diminished emotional expression. Now, it only has to have two of those things. So you want to have a major mood disorder, either depression or mania, concurrent at the same time with Two of the following five things, delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, grossly disorganized or catatonic behavior, or negative symptoms, for example, diminished emotional expression. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Joe absolutely has delusions and hallucinations. So I got the two of them right there. So as far as I'm concerned, part A of the diagnostic criteria falls into the schizoaffective diagnosis for Mr. Joe. So here is B of schizoaffective disorder. Delusions or hallucinations for two or more weeks in the absence of a major mood episode, depression or manic, during the lifetime duration of the illness. So you have to have delusions or hallucinations for two or more weeks in the absence of those bipolar mood swings. Now, as a rapid cycler, that is something I sit on the fence with. I don't know a lot of times what I'm in. But I have to believe that there has been time of stability when I have had periods of psychosis. Has it been two weeks? I don't know. So I sit on the fence with that one. And you need to decide for yourself, have you been absent in terms of a complete stable mind, no depression, and no mania, but yet you're still dealing with delusions or hallucinations. I believe in my heart that I have, so as far as I'm concerned, A and B, check it off Mr. Joe's list. Let's go to C. Symptoms that meet criteria for a major mood episode are present for the majority of the total duration of the active and residual portions of the illness. So 
This is another one that Mr. Joe sits on the fence for. Symptoms that meet criteria for major mood episode. Well, um, we all know that if we have bipolar disorder and we've been diagnosed with it, then we are definitely going to have those symptoms that meet the criteria of the particular mood that we are in. Um, They're present for the majority of the total duration of the active and residual portions of the illness. So, in other words, while you are experiencing these symptoms of schizoaffective disorder, or um, during the active periods in which you are hallucinating, in which you are um, having delusions, or one of the other schizophrenic type of um, diagnostic criteria, you are going to meet the total criteria for the major mood episode. Probably meaning, if we were to analyze this, you're not going to be slightly depressed and you're not going to be hypomanic you are going to be in one of the other, either depressed or completely manic. If you're hypomanic, I would hate to say it, well, I would actually be happy to say that you would probably not be in the C category. And again, I don't think that I meet the criteria always for the major mood episode because I believe that there are certain times where I am in a hypomanic state of mind and so it's, it's, it's on the fence here. So, you know, you might be able to cross C off. So maybe I don't have schizoaffective disorder. I really think a doctor should be doing this, but I, <laughs> I'd rather do it with my audience and let's figure it out together. So D, we got to D now. The disturbance is not attributable to the effects of a substance. Obviously, what that means is drug abuse or medication or another medical condition. And that goes without saying. Um, I have only slipped up twice since January, so I've been able to monitor these moods and these hallucinations and these delusions and this paranoia certainly a little bit better, and I'm not doing any drugs, so uh, it's safe to say that I meet the criteria of D. What does this all mean? It means that we either have bipolar disorder or we have schizoaffective disorder, and you can't have them both. That's first and foremost. You can't have them both. Um, and, and what does it really matter? I don't know. I really don't know what it matters. But I wanted to review schizoaffective disorder, and I wanted to give you some of the, the things that Mr. Joe has been going through in combination with the fact that the weather is changing over here in Mr. Joe's neighborhood and help everybody to understand the importance of medicating yourself if you are diagnosed. Now, I, I did a little bit of bragging last time around about the the whole bunch of listeners that Mr. Joe has, and I am so appreciative of it. As a matter of fact, I was searching online the other day for something, and I came across, I actually looked up something with bipolar disorder, because a lot of times I will look up certain things that I could discuss with my audience, and believe it or not, Mr. Joe's bipolar podcast came up, and I clicked on it, and it took me to a different page for iTunes that I'm not used to seeing, took me to a different country, and there was actually a review from a gentleman or a lady, I don't know which one, um, from Australia. And I have to tell you, now, while I can see the statistics, everybody, I mean, I actually have people in South Africa listening, which is just really complimentary towards this whole podcast. It's just an amazing feeling. Listen, we, we want to feel good about ourselves. Let's, let's not deny it. I, I, I am 
I'm ashamed of the conceited, overconfident, cocky way that I used to be when I would be in that manic state of mind. Doesn't make me proud, but that also doesn't mean that we as human beings don't want to feel good about what we're doing, especially when we're doing something to help other people. And when I saw that review, which was a very positive one about somebody who I believe they finished up by saying, You're helping somebody all the way over in Australia, that makes me so proud and so happy to hear that I really am helping people all over the world. So I guess my point was, I don't know what the weather is like in Australia. Uh, but, you know, if we want to leave out the warm weather part for now, I guess what I'm trying to say is whether you have bipolar disorder or schizoaffective disorder, it doesn't matter which one it is. It's, it's all pretty severe. It's all pretty severe. And, and Mr. Joe went through a period of five years, or at least where I didn't think I was having some major symptoms. I was able to function in life. Little did I know that the entire time I was acting pretty crazy, uh, but I wasn't medicated. So I'm starting to recognize more and more the importance of the medication that I'm taking. Whether I'm schizoaffective or bipolar, I need to take it, and I'm never coming off it. And I urge you as an audience to please try to do the same thing. Another thing that prompted me to talk about schizoaffective disorder was actually a moment that I had in a classroom yesterday. And I will discuss very quickly a young girl, age 11, her name is Kay, we'll call her Kay. And something that prompted me, like I said, to talk about schizoaffective disorder was the entire staff had mentioned to me or suggested that they believe that this young 11-year-old girl has schizophrenia. And it took me by surprise because she does have a diagnosis of autism and a diagnosis, also a secondary diagnosis of OCD. And just so everybody understands, a lot of people with autism will automatically have that obsessive compulsive disorder embedded or ingrained into the primary diagnosis of autism. So when you actually have a clinical diagnosis, a secondary clinical diagnosis of OCD, that usually means that it's pretty disruptive, okay? And this young girl actually has both. So she's got a lot going on. And one of the reasons why they think that this young girl has schizophrenia, and unfortunately, this is why Mr. Joe is here, because they are very misinformed. They are not educated in terms of autism, as far as I'm concerned, because while some aspects of autism can certainly mimic schizophrenia, it's evidently clear that this girl does not have schizophrenia. Now, just so you understand some of the things that she's doing, and believe me, Mr. Joe does them too, and I, as far as I know, don't have a diagnosis of autism. I've never been diagnosed with autism. I will talk to myself sometimes. Kay will blurt out a lot of different things, and specifically, she engages in, and here's a terminology for you, um, and I don't want to bore those of you who might not be interested in autism, but I think it's important for you to know because we are living in a world where autism is all around us. So if I could educate you a little bit from, from my neighborhood here, I'm going to do so. The word echoalia is a very interesting concept, and it's something that a lot of people with autism engage in. And what I'll give you two examples. We have delayed echoalia, and we have immediate echoalia, or just echoalia itself. The delayed echoalia... An example of that would be, and here's a good one, exactly what Kay is, is in, in involved with, especially in the classroom. She will recite 
words, lines, parts of movies and shows, and she'll kind of just blurt them out. For instance, and, and here's the interesting thing, a lot of individuals with autism, they will actually use it to their advantage because they have such a difficult time socializing. Some of the ones that are more verbal and a little bit higher functioning will actually use situations from movies or TV shows and they will apply them to their life. For example, I'll give you an example. There was a time when I worked with this young boy, Michael, and I had reported some of his behavior to another, uh, another staff member. And he overheard me kind of tattletaling on his behavior. And he got so upset about it that he jumped over the entire row of students and he started saying, oh, no, please don't tell Prince Charles, <laughs> which was from a Disney movie. But he kind of correlated that with the fact that I was telling a secret that I should not have. Now, with Kay yesterday, just so you know, I kind of sat down next to her and I was talking to her. And all of a sudden she turns around and she says, Mr. Joe, will you be going to the ball? And this comes from Cinderella and, uh, and me. You know, I joke around a little bit with her. And, no, Mr. Joe's not going. Well, I need to go to the ball. I need to find my Prince Charming, and I need a sewing machine. Now listen, it might sound entertaining and interesting, but it could get a little obnoxious, and it could get start to be a little disruptive, especially when you are trying to educate a student. And they have these words and these phrases that they're blurting out. There was really nothing to it. She should not have been saying it. It wasn't an appropriate conversation at the time. And what makes it even more disturbing is the fact that I have found out that her parents are letting her watch over and over again Cinderella. Now, listen, believe it or not, I was a big Grease fan when I was growing older, uh, when I was younger. Uh, I must have watched that movie 5,000 times back in the day, and some of you may not remember VCR tapes. I'm really showing my age now. My good God, I remember going to the video store and renting Grease over and over again and watching it. We, we do that. We We watch our favorite movies, but when we're watching something and it interferes with our learning or our ability to socialize and live our lives, parents really should not be feeding that problem. Uh, so I think it's important that the parents, and I actually asked to have a meeting with them, that they limit, and I, listen, again, I don't live with it, so I, I, I understand it's not easy. It's probably a very easy solution for the parents who are dealing with some behavioral, um, maladaptive behavior, so to speak, because Kay will drop to the floor. Uh, she's not self-injurious, but she does some pretty wild things. So probably to keep her content, you know, they throw on this movie, and I could kind of understand, but they have to limit it a little bit. Now, because she was engaging in this echoalia, this is where the staff decided that she was talking to somebody else or to another person. And I had to explain to them that this is somewhat of a self-stimulatory behavior. They also talked about her hands rock, uh, flapping around and her rocking back and forth. These are stereotypical behaviors of autism. While, again, they can mimic that of schizophrenia, although I am not a doctor and I cannot clinically diagnose her, I would say it's safe to say that Kay is correctly diagnosed with autism and she is just engaging in what we call symptoms of autism. She does not have schizophrenia. So that is something that prompted me to look a little bit further into schizoaffective disorder in combination with the fact that I am seeing a lot of stuff over the last two weeks. And it's not scary to me. 
It really isn't because I'm kind of used to it. But what's scary to me is that it comes and it goes, and I, and I don't understand why it's here. I'm having a hard time understanding why it's here. And I want to believe that it's because I am in this manic state of mind, so that would make perfect sense that it is now accompanying, it's accompanying one of the major mood disorders, which in this case would be mania. Or, if it is hypomania, then technically by our diagnostic criteria, it would not fit into the schizoaffective category. Hope that makes sense. Wanted to give you a little background on that. Uh, I apologize for ranting and raving about my error with my podcast this morning. I don't like giving you guys information that doesn't really pertain to bipolar disorder. But again, I think it's important that you understand where some of my anxieties come from, where my paranoia comes from. Every story that I have usually leads into something that most of you can relate to. Um, So I just... That's why I do the things that I do. I don't ask for reviews a whole lot. Um, I don't have a whole lot of reviews. I do get a lot of emails, and I'm grateful for them, and I write you all back. Um, And I I believe I've only asked for reviews twice or three times. And here's why I'm asking. I'm asking because I want to know how I'm doing. You you don't have to put it out in public. You can send it to me uh, via email. I have to say, though, most of the emails that I get... Uh, are positive. So if you want to summarize things in a rather quick statement, go on Apple iTunes, go on Stitcher, go on Google Play, wherever you might listen to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast, and give me a review because I've always been honest with you all. Not only do I want to know if I'm helping, I want to know what you think about me. I really do. I want to know what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. And if I get good reviews, it makes me feel good. I hope you don't take offense to that. It makes me feel really good. And I want to believe, based on the feedback that I get in emails and the number of downloads that I have, that I'm I'm kind of helping you guys and I'm making you feel good. So if the feeling is mutual, please leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you guys. Again, I'm not going to rattle off all the different um, the different places that you could do it. You already know. You know what apps you listen to me on. Um, I believe the best place to do it is Apple iTunes because that allows for the most comprehensive and viewable uh, type of review. But enough with that. You want to write to me, it's MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com. You could follow me on Twitter at MrBipolarJoe. And and that's it. I I want everybody to have a good weekend. I'm probably not going to be back until Sunday night, possibly Monday. Now... Again, if you're living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I want you to keep working hard. If you love somebody with a mental illness, I need you to support that loved one. If you are struggling with a mental illness, and I kind of feel like I'm struggling a lot lately, but if you happen to be one of those people that are struggling with a mental illness right now, I need you to keep battling, and I need you to soldier on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll be back to you in a couple of days.